You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. I want to welcome you to our teaching on the storehouse blessing, the interdimensional storehouse. Jesus regularly pulled blessing out of another world. He had favor from another world in order to accomplish everything that he was supposed to do. Eight of the different acts of provision that were manifested in his life and ministry were actually exercises of divine favor. God touched the hearts of people who had wealth, and those people favorably acted toward Jesus in order for him to be able to do what he'd been called to do. We gave you four of them in our last lesson. Now I want to take a look at another one, and this is fascinating. It goes to Matthew chapter 21. This is one of the most important things Jesus did. Matthew 21.2, or 21.1 rather, and this is uh, NIV. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with a colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. Now, I want to tell you what I think happened here. I think that whoever this person was that owned this donkey colt had the colt tied there for the Messiah. Wasn't certain how all of this was going to happen, but there is a good reason for him to know at that time and at that season and on that very day that Messiah would arrive. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them, and a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Fascinating story. <clears throat> now let me show you what's going on here. This very moment, this very day, had been prophesied to Daniel the prophet by an angel. The angel Gabriel came to Daniel and told him what was going to come on a particular day. <clears throat> Daniel 9.25 The angel said, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven sevens and threescore and two sevens, and the street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. <clears throat> Pardon me. This tells me that when the commandment was given to rebuild the city and the wall of Jerusalem, 
that 483 years to the day after the giving of that commandment, this is when Messiah would enter the city, and the scripture says, he shall be cut off, but not for himself. The very day was prophesied. That's the reason that the man had the donkey tied up was so he could help to fulfill Scripture. Now, whether or not he realized it would be Jesus, there were lots of people looking for the Messiah during that season of time. And so Jesus recognized the day. Listen to what he said in Luke 19, verses 41-42. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. So Jesus said that the day itself was marked by God, and he was able to do something miraculous. He rode on this donkey in a crowded street, and I don't know about you, but if you've ever been around horses, and especially one that's never been ridden, for that animal to behave in this way in calmness, without bolting, without running, to be able to go through a city like that with people yelling and screaming in those tight, narrow streets, Jesus had a supernatural anointing on him, as did the donkey. Now, the Scripture says, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So that's a few days after this donkey ride. So he sent two of his disciples telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house that he enters. The teacher asks, Where is my guest room? Where may I eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. Now, I want to show you something about this provision. The provision itself was not a miracle. There was nothing miraculous about the man having that room or the man putting food in that room. All of that was very, very natural. What was supernatural was the connection that was made from Jesus' disciples to the owner of that house. And through a word of wisdom, or perhaps a word of knowledge or a combination of the two, Jesus was able to tell his disciples exactly where to find this upper room, and they also had favor to go along with it. When, whenever God directs us to a certain thing, and it's really His voice, He also gives us a bit of favor to go along with that. In other words, when it's God, He not only opens the door on one side, He moves on the other side as well. God always works on both ends when He's putting something together. You don't have to beat the door down. Now, when Jesus died a few days later and was taken down from the cross, in keeping with Isaiah 53, 9, he had to be buried in the tomb of a rich person. Let me read to you from Matthew 27, verses 57 through 60. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate ordered that it be given to him. 
Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, placed it on his own new tomb or in his own new tomb that he'd cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Now, Jesus made no prior arrangements with Joseph for this to happen. This happened after Jesus was no longer in his body. This was after his death. But what happened is God moved on Joseph to do this just out of pure compassion, but at the same time he was fulfilling the Scripture because the Scripture said that Christ would make his place with the wicked and with the rich in his death. He made his place with the wicked and that it would have been appointed that he's to be burned in the valley of Hinnom and as a criminal. But that didn't happen. Before that could happen, Joseph came and got his body and put it in his own tomb. He was buried in the tomb, a borrowed tomb of a rich man. Now, along with Joseph, here comes another fellow. This is Nicodemus. He adds enough spices to the body to treat Jesus as royalty. John 19, 39, and 40, NIV. Joseph was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. King James says uh, 100-pound weight, but it would translate to 75 of our pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen, and this was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. So these spices, along with that anointing oil that had been poured on Jesus' feet and head, all of this added to the elements of Jesus dying as a king. God would not have it any other way. He didn't die as a pauper, as a poor man. He was given the burial of a king. This is how he was treated. Uh, Matthew and Mark also describe a shroud or a large linen cloth being a part of this. So don't be uh, misled by the strips because it was not just tiny little strips. It would have been a large cloth as well. So all of this was provided for Jesus. These eight instances that we've covered over the last two days focus on the divine favor that Christ experienced. Again, these were not miracles of provision where something was created supernaturally, but the miracle aspect was the connectivity. Christ being connected supernaturally to people who had what he needed at the time that he needed it. And I say all of that to show you that this is one of the aspects of an interdimensional storehouse. And the reason that there are so many of these, or eight of these, recorded in the ministry and life of Jesus it's because they're more common than the other types. In other words, the odds of you multiplying loaves and fishes, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, not saying it hasn't happened, but I'm saying that you're more likely to experience divine favor than you are to see creative miracles in order for your needs to be met. And that's one of the ways that God supernaturally gave from his treasure in heaven to the earth through this interdimensional storehouse, and all Jesus' needs were met. We will pick up here tomorrow with a totally different kind of supernatural provision. 
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.